Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicalist. Something I should say at the top of every show, which I am sometimes good at remembering to do, and sometimes not so good, is that there will be spoilers. The reason that I should say that is because I will spoil things. So, it is said in a warning-type fashion. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> no, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. As that is what helps podcasts grow and flourish, become beautiful flowers. Beautiful, beautiful podcast flowers. Thank you for those who have done so. Uh, This post-300 podcast episode era, uh, please do more so of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably it as far as pre-show stuff. Why don't I push this button on my phone that will start us off officially. Pressing. Today's movie monologue sponsor is the Baby Dock Remote Controlled Boat Emporium. The Baby Dock Remote Controlled Boat Emporium is what today's movie monologue sponsor is. This movie, mon- uh, this movie monologue in which in which I have uh, difficulty talking. First off, first and foremost, and uh, secondly, one, two, three. Looks like I have four movies to talk about. Uh, in a monologue type situation so I should probably get to it fairly quickly and not waste time with any preamble like I'm doing right now. Movie the first is called Devil's Pass. Uh, It's available on Netflix. The missus and I watched it. It's kind of, I don't know if it's funny, but I'm going to tell it anyways. Um, Whenever we go on Netflix to look for a horror movie, as we do quite often, because the missus, if you are unaware, is a giant fan of the horror movie, the horror genre, the horror milieu. Uh, We've seen this like a million times and said, oh yeah, that looks good. And then we've sort of buggered off and watched something else. So this time I said, let's just friggin' watch it this time. And uh, we did. And I'm glad we did, because never in my, I think... Am I going to say this? Yeah. Never in my entire movie-watching career have I felt like such a genius for knowing what was going to happen in the rest of the movie. Uh, this is where the spoilers come in. Uh, probably within the first 
like freakishly early minutes of this movie, I said, I, I bet you that they're going to time travel. And that is what happens in this. Uh, basically what it is, is uh, these group of people, as quite often happens in a horror movie, decide to go on a, I'm going to just boil this down, uh, go on a hike to somewhere where hikers have been lost before. And the sort of long and short of it is it's in Russia. It's a Russian military base where experiments happen. Yeah, you see where I'm going. Uh, some of the bodies, this, this is a really cool idea. And I've spoken of this before, time travel in horror movies. It's a good idea. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. It brings my rating up for sure. Anyways, what I was saying is uh, uh, that some of the uh, dead bodies that have been found on this trail uh, end up being the bodies of these people who travel back in time. So very, very cool idea. Not a happy ending, which I am also a fan of. Uh, all of that sort of rolled together, horror movie, time travel, not happy ending. These are all things that if you've listened to many of my talks of movies, you will know I like. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. I definitely would recommend this. Next movie is called The Trip to Italy. Uh, I think I may have spoken of the movie The Trip uh, on a uh, movie Monday a long, long time ago which uh, I very much like. Uh, this is, I guess you would say, the sequel to that movie, starring... Oh, shit. <laughs> you know what? I should... Uh, one of the advantages that I have now that I did not have when recording this podcast while driving is I can just friggin' look shit up on the internet to help me to remember. Uh, if you were an old listener of the podcast, you will know I suffer from something called the name curse. The name curse brought about when receiving a blowjob while driving i ran over a gypsy man whose gypsy wife cursed me with the inability to remember names the name curse so i could not remember the two stars of the trip to italy which are uh, steve coogan and rob bryden uh, two uh, english gentlemen who are super super funny the way i kind of like to think of this movie is as if these two are doing a podcast, this is not what this movie is at all, uh, by the way, but this is how I like to think about it. These two doing a podcast while traveling and eating well. That could easily describe this movie. They sort of add a story to it and make it like an actual movie movie, but that's sort of the feel to it. And uh, these two together, I could watch them and listen to them just nonstop, so... Highly, highly recommend The Trip to Italy. Super funny. Just dudes talking for the most part. So I could see how for some people that might not be interesting. But for a podcast listener. Oh, uh, very, very good. That was the timer to indicate that I should be done talking. So I am way behind schedule. So I'm going to have to speed it up. Uh, to movie the third, Corner Gas, colon, The Movie. Uh, I don't know if Corner Gas has ever come up on a TV Tuesday uh, from back in the day. Uh, anyways, I love Corner Gas. was definitely easy for me to say my favorite Canadian show ever made. Um, and I don't need to put that limiter on it per se. It's just a funny, funny um, comedy show in general. So when I saw that there was a movie that had somewhat recently come out that I'd never heard of, I jumped all over that. And I'm glad I did because it is... It is, if you're going to do a, a, a 
a movie based on a TV show, I guess it makes sense to have it be just like one long episode, which is for the most part how it felt. And that's not a bad thing by any means. It was it was a great uh, a great little piece of entertainment. I uh, would recommend it to Corner Gas fans. I don't know if I could recommend it to people who uh, never watch Corner Gas and definitely wouldn't recommend it to people who don't like Corner Gas because why would you do that to yourself? That would be strange. Uh, so convoluted rating I will have to give. For Corner Gas lovers, 5 out of 5. And uh, depending on your love or knowledge of Corner Gas, that rating will go down. Convoluted, yes! Okay, so let's move on to the last movie. It's called The Babadook. The Babadook. Uh, I had been hearing of this movie, it seems, for months now. Uh, everyone I've heard speak of it say it's one of the scariest things that has ever happened in cinema. Uh, a lot of the reviews say that. And I will say it was scary. There was two sort of standout scary moments I can think of off the top of my head that give me chills just thinking about it. But overall... It didn't sort of blow me away with its scariness. Uh, it's definitely a different horror movie. Uh, it's a, a mother and son, um, f- I guess you would say, find a book. And uh, within that book is the Babadook, who's sort of this dark, menacing character who ends up coming to life, I guess you would kind of say. Uh, it's different, and for that reason I... I for that reason I give it higher marks. Uh, there's genuine scares, so, uh, so I move the, the mark up higher. Um... But I think it goes to prove that if you hear a lot about a movie and hear nothing but good, your expectations are going to be high. For me, in this movie, my expectations of fear were very high. Therefore, uh, it wasn't that scary. So for that, I take a mark off. Uh, I'd probably go three, three and a half out of five. Not too bad. Over all. Moving on. Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Sunban, the world's first solar-powered banana peeler. Sunban. Thank you to them for sponsoring this Television Talk, which back in which I have brought back, rather, a episode of Shark Tank. Uh, season 6, episode 1, I do believe. Uh, these are good for TV Tuesdays in the past, so I figured they'd be good for Television Talk. Uh, especially because of the sort of easy-to-boil-down nature of these, because I find um, moving from taking 40 minutes to talk about television shows to 5 minutes going to be difficult, I assume. I assume. Shark Tank, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the show, too bad! What I'm going to do is talk about the inventions and companies that people... Uh, brought on this particular episode and just we'll see what we see from there the first one is called chronos it was a uh, golf company that makes a putters 500 dollar plus plus putters i don't get that <laughs> i guess first and foremost so i would neither invest nor purchase one i suppose i do get people who can get super into anything be it a sport podcasting this this microphone was kind of a little pricey i will admit 
Um, but but that seems like a lot of money. I have played golf many more than I can count rounds. Uh, I haven't in many years. I don't like it. It is basically paying to be frustrated and walking. So two things I don't like and haven't done in a long time. One thing I do like about golf is going out, driving around in the cart and drinking while everyone else is playing golf and frustrated. So that's kind of fun. Anyways, $500 potters. No, thank you. The next one was a floating mug. Um, how would you describe this? A mug where the handle sort of comes down and keeps the, the part that actually holds the liquid from touching uh, from touching whatever you place it on. Uh, it makes sense, I suppose, if you got a really, really hot drink and you put it on wood, you know, you're going to get a heat ring. So, you know, there's that. <sighs> Probably, I, I would buy one if, I, if that was something I was worried about and didn't have the ability to purchase a coaster. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you got money. Uh, the next one was Wedding Wagon. Uh, this one uh, I like as a sort of concept. Uh, it is... Uh, weddings to your door basically you call them they will come and marry you and whomever so it's not as uh, I don't want to say unclassy as just going to the courtroom and definitely less expensive than a giant wedding it's got some middle ground there which uh, I could see it be making sense to certain people uh, the next one I think was it the last one well, the last one I wrote down anyways. Uh, this one I probably liked the most. It was called a Ruminate. Uh, it had sort of a Lego-y, Tinker Toys vibe to it. Um, kind of, although there was a little debate about this, aimed at girls. Which, I think it should have been more aimed at girls as sort of a tool to get women into areas of the workplace where they currently aren't, aren't very much architecture and... Uh, design and things of that nature. Things where, as a young child, if you're good at Legos and what have you, uh, as an adult, it'll sort of steer you into those more sort of technical careers where right now, sadly, women aren't. So uh, I like that idea. Uh, I don't know if the execution's there, but hey, it's the thought that counts. Well, it's not really the thought that counts. Okay, I guess that means it is time to move on to a little something else. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Okay, so uh, for today's book banter, uh, first I guess I will start with the sponsor. Today's book banter, book banter sponsor, are uh, Dr. Tung's Chinese food restaurant rooster balls. Don't trust those other Chinese food restaurants. Chickens don't even have balls. Okay, so I'm going to do something different for this book banter that I have never done. Not that there's been many book banters or different than even a book Wednesday from the days of yore. And that is because I'm still in the middle of the Wheel of Time series. Uh, I don't really feel like bringing back the last handful of books within that series make a whole lot of sense. So uh, what I've decided to do is read something that I wrote. Hey, why, why not do that? Well, I can't think of a reason, so that's what I'm going to do. 
It's not a book, it's a short story, but uh, I wrote it. So, hey, we'll throw it in this. It is uh, the world of my podcasting and writing colliding. That's what it is. The story is called Dr. Tongue, colon, Time Traveling Origami Robot. Um, maybe a slight preface, uh, and that will be that in high school, uh, whenever I wrote sort of short stories of this nature, uh, I would do so with a character by the name of Jacob Bromfield. Uh, he would be sort of the protagonist of anything I wrote, regardless of whether it made sense to have someone named Jacob Broomfield as the uh, the uh, the main character or not. So, just this is sort of continuing on from that high school phase, I guess you could say. All right, here we go. Uh, Jacob Broomfield was awake, despite all the auditory or visual evidence to the contrary. He was actually factually conscious. Uh, Jacob's definitively conscious mind was mostly fixated on the impossible to ignore fact that he was riding on the back of a dragon. It all started 24 minutes ago in his sweltering one-bedroom apartment above an aging and very nearly defunct Chinese food restaurant called Dr. Tung's House of Food of the Chinese Variety. Uh, Jacob had grown up in a typical middle-of-the-road, middle-class, middle-American, mid-sized town, and his first foray into the big city had not gone well. His very existence in the time and space of this particular apartment was evidence of that fact. This was an apartment where in every aspect was an indication that its inhabitant was not doing so well at the whole life thing. There was the peeling paint that showed underneath its greasy melt peeling wallpaper. The dreaded double peel, if you will. There was the smell. It was impossible to tell both what was making it and where it was coming from, but it definitely contained notes of wet sand, baked turpentine, and fear sweat. Uh, the contents of the apartment were a motley assortment of various flotsam and jetsam, accrued from those who had lived here before Jacob, if, if it could be called living. Uh, the word malaise was created for the feeling that this room would generate as soon as you walked through its poorly hung door. Jacob had leased this space for a little over an hour now, and it had already dwindled his excitement of finally experiencing big city life down to a nub. He had to get out. As he had no job, no friends, no money, no transportation, no thing, a.k.a. nothing... His options for what to do with himself were limited. He decided to follow his nose, like so many toucans, to see what Dr. Tung was cooking up. Wow. I kind of thought that might, might happen. Uh, my original plan was to uh, read that entire story because I thought maybe it would take five minutes. Apparently it's going to take longer than five minutes. So... Uh, that kind of works out well, to be honest with you, because I wasn't sure what I was going to do next week. So uh, it'll be an ongoing, uh, what do you say, serial, I guess. Uh, so next book banter in next week's episode, we'll continue where we left off with uh, um, or, uh, Jacob Brumfield there, headed down to see what's cooking, Doc. Huh, hey. So I didn't plan it that way, but I like what has happened.
Today's game Gavin sponsor is Pickle McGillicuddy's Everyday Trophy Warehouse. Trophies for best setting posture, longest poop in both duration and length, and knittingest. Pickle McGillicuddy's Everyday Trophy Warehouse. Thank you to that for sponsoring this game Gavin. Gavin? Gavin? Uh, okay, so I'm uh, going to talk a little bit about Far Cry 4, which I know I have last game, Gavin. Now I'm going to speak a little bit more about my uh, trophy run and what I've written down here, which is changing gameplay styles as you get older. Uh, so I've beaten Far Cry 4. Yay! Uh, what I thought I was going to do, which is what I did with Far Cry 3, is beat the game and then sort of go in and clean everything up as far as getting all the trophies in the game that could be gotten. Um, and I started to do so. And this is a thing that is good to do if, like me, you are a uh, movie, TV, video game multitasker where you'll have sort of a, a movie on the go while you're playing a video game or maybe watching an episode of Night Court <laughs> while playing Far Cry 4 and trying to get some trophies under your belt. Uh, and that's what I started to do, and I was having fun doing so because you could, you don't really have to pay as much attention as you would otherwise when multitasking. But I kind of ran into a wall, um, and this is the first time it's ever happened to me, and I think... It happened because I'm getting older and the way in which I play games has changed a little bit over the years. Uh, I used to be much more of a, uh, as they say, a completist. And uh, I do still feel that. I think uh, if another Fallout uh, Fallout 4, when that comes out, I, I think I will not be able to not have 100% completed all trophies searched every area just because I love those games so incredibly much. Uh, not that I didn't like Far Cry 4, which I do give a 5 out of 5 to, if I hadn't mentioned that already. But uh, it, I don't know if it felt like work more, or part of the reason, other than my age and me thinking, uh, there's other things I could be doing. <laughs> and I'm not saying that like uh, poo-pooing video games. The other things I could be doing was actually playing uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. So it's not like I'm saying, oh, I could be reading a book. No, I meant I have other video games to play, so I kind of like to get to them because the sort of feeling of age creeping on me means that feel of, oh, you know what, uh, I, I kind of want to get onto this so I can finish it and then get onto that and then get onto that, that ever sort of changing feel of, oh, I could be doing this, I want to finish this, the, the, the time is breathing down my back sort of idea. Uh, and I'm wondering if anyone else there has similar sort of ideas that ideas or feels that uh, used to play video games much differently than you did in the past. Uh, I suppose there's the obvious one that you just don't play as much as you used to when you were younger. That's that's sort of the 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 more common one. But but other than that, are are there ways in which your gameplay style has changed? Uh, I think another thing that might happen to a lot of gamers, and I think myself included is that very sort of twitchy, uh, have-to-be-perfect-to-complete games. Uh, maybe shy away from those a little bit more. 
as I mentioned, the, the sort of level of frustration leads to, lead, uh, eventually reaches a part where it stops being fun, and then I stop playing, as you do. No fun equals no play. Just on the sort of final note, I have just kind of dipped my toe into Dragon Age Inquisition, because I did give up on my little trophy run there, and uh, it is pretty amazing. I've got maybe six hours in, uh, for most of the day Sunday I played, and it, it is pretty inc incredible. Uh, probably this coming weekend gonna have a bit of a marathon and uh, get into it even more. I hear it's like a hundred-ish hours if you want to do a lot of the side quests and stuff, so highly, highly recommend that, and I will definitely bring that back to talk about on next game, Gavin. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Sunban, the world's first solar-powered male masturbation aid. Thank you, Sunban. Okay, uh, I had some things written down that I'm going to talk about. Uh, I'll jam them in there, whatever. Uh, but one thing came up over the course of the week that I really did want to talk about, and that is a big sort of shakingly shocking news in the world of podcasting, and that is uh, Alison Rosen is no longer on the Adam Carolla show, just sort of there one day, gone the next, with virtually no explanation whatsoever, which uh, is horrible. <laughs> Let's let's not pussyfoot around because if you have pussies for feet, you just you you don't say things by by quickly. <laughs> yeah, uh, she will be terribly terribly missed. Um, she's been there since two thousand eleven. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Adam Carolla podcast, I pity you, you fool. Because it's uh, one of the best, consistently funny every single day. That's the other thing, does it every single day. So uh, funny and aggressive with his schedule. Uh, it's always, for me, been my sort of standby of uh, Adam Carolla, uh, Bald Brian, and Allison Rosen. The three of them together. The three amigos, you might say. And uh, she brought a much-needed intelligence. Uh, she brought... Uh, the sort of women's perspective and not like a, a ditzy I, I think that's the route that a lot of people are going to go down when they create entertainment such as that uh, that you may have a woman but it's going to be a woman who's not intelligent and uh, I don't know other words like powerful and and thought provoking and funny f super super funny just uh, she will be terribly terribly missed and I uh, I really wish I knew what the whole story was. She does have her own podcast uh, called uh, Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I didn't... Yeah, I guess I could say that. Uh, I, I haven't really listened to that podcast for the reason that um, Adam, Brian, and Allison together on their podcast is sort of... You're not going to get much better than that. So Adam has some podcast of his own by himself, and I didn't listen to those. Uh, Bald Brian, I don't know if he still did, does, but at one point he had a podcast on his own. Uh, I didn't really listen to that. And same with Allison. I, I didn't really listen to any of their their separate podcasts. I would just listen to them together. Um, 
But now that she's no longer there, I, I have a feeling that my need to hear her will mean I'll, I'll mosey on over there and see what's going on. And uh, I recommend you do. Uh, I, I don't predict... like uh, She's so just incredibly talented that I, I do predict this is not as if we'll never hear from her again. She's If you were super funny, super talented, if you have drive... Uh, you're not going away, and uh, I don't predict that for Allison by any means. So, still, still, it's sadness. Sadness in my bosom. Mm. Speaking of bosom, oh my god, I just did a segue that I didn't even mean to do. Uh, I've brought back two things that I've never watched before, uh, sort of heard of. I think they're called Vice Guides. V-I-C-E. Uh, one was called uh, Vice, colon, the Digital Love Industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was called Vice, colon. The Japanese Love Industry. Uh, two videos available on YouTube, but 20, 25 minutes long. Uh, this sort of thing always just fascinates me. Uh, probably more so the Japanese thing, but the Japanese, big fans of digital love. So they, they did kind of go hand in hand. They're, they're two totally separate videos, but they do feel like you could put them in one, and it makes perfect sense, which amuses me. Uh, one of the things, since I'm almost out of time, that <laughs> um, I think I mentioned, yeah, it was on the uh, Fan Expo uh, episode that I got to try a Oculus Rift, which was just incredible. And <laughs> obviously the first place your mind goes... Uh, a lot of people's minds go, not mine necessarily, I'm a happily married man, I don't know what you're talking about, is uh, the potential for Oculus Rift and sexual things, and uh, they do talk a little bit about that, so, you know, if that floats your boat, hey, why not, why not, uh, Japanese people and their their whole culture uh, just fascinates me. Uh, that's um probably the only place on my bucket list. Like, there's places I'd like to go, but Japan, Tokyo, probably specifically, uh, as far as places I would want to visit before I die, is, is my number one. It's just that goddamn flight. I don't know how I would be able to do that. Uh, I'd need one of those, like, ones where you could lie down, which, for that, I need to win, like, the lottery to afford. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe one day. By the time I die, let's hope. Because I'd be like a giant over there, which uh, amuses me as well. Folks, speaking of amusement, I hope this episode amused you. That's like another segue almost. Remember, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. (laughs) I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. We 
straight to the warm-ups underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper